hearts. Amen. It goes real, real fast. Man, I got a, I got water on both sides of me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Amen. It's good to have everybody here tonight and uh, celebrate the, the new year, getting rid of the old getting ready for what's coming in this coming year. And uh, I believe great things are coming. I've been in prayer and the Lord reassured me. He said, I will send you people, not just to fill seats, but I will send you people that will commit. I will send you people that will commit to prayer. I will send you people that will commit to worship, but I will commit to people that are ready to build the kingdom. Amen. And I'm holding on to that promise that uh, the, the glory days are not over for this church. Amen. But the better is right around the corner and the better is coming. And I believe there are good things coming for us as individuals and us as a corporate body uh, for the church. So thank you, if, uh, Sister Allison, for putting putting that year in review. And it's hard to believe, man, when you start to look over that and you think, yeah, I remember that. It seemed like yesterday. <laughs> it just seems like yesterday we were out in, in downtown and having a good time. And uh, it just seems like yesterday that we were celebrating Father's Day, Mother's Day, and how quickly a year does go by. But I do want to say thank you to everybody that has taken a part of uh, anything you do for Truth Tabernacle. I want you to know it doesn't go unnoticed. God notices, number one. But I want you to know that uh, whether you're a teacher, whether you're, you're uh, in music or you're a preacher or even if you just come to clean, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, we can never thank you enough. And that is a ministry. Whatever you do for the kingdom of God, it is a ministry. So we're not, I'm not going to be uh, too terribly long uh, since we have uh, the service and then we'll seg right into our, our communion service. But I do want to say thank you. Uh, to Brother Wilson and all of our ministry team, thank you for the support that you have given me in this year of, of uh, some of the dark times and some of the uh, uh, crazy times that I was going through personally, emotionally. But thank you to everybody that has prayed for me and thank you for everybody that has sent cards, sent love, or just words of encouragement. Those that I, I feel your prayers throughout the year. Trust me, I feel your prayers. If it was not for your prayers, if it was not for God, I would not be here right now. So I want you to know that I, I appreciate everybody and I love everybody in this church very, very much. Uh, if you stand with me, we'll go into the, into the word. In Acts chapter number 16, Sister Audrey, good to see you in the house of the Lord. Love you, sis. God bless you. Good to have you with us. Acts chapter number 16, we'll start reading verses number 23 through 26. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to, to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner parts or the inner prison and, and made their feet fasten stocks. He wanted to make sure they ain't getting out. In verse number 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Verse number 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's hands or bonds were loosed. I want you to know that midnight is not only just a word we use for uh, 
not just forsaking into the next day, the beginning of the next day. But throughout Scripture, it is very prophetic of, of, of something that is taking place, something that's going to happen. So I want to preach for just a little while on this. What happens at midnight? What happens at midnight? Father, I thank you for your presence that's already here. God, I thank you for the spirit that I feel, spirit of freedom. There's a spirit of liberty. God, I thank you for the hope of the future. I thank you for the hope that you have for this church. I pray that you would just bless this word in the powerful name of Jesus. And I give you all the praise. Amen. Come on, just praise him for a little bit. Father, I love you. I praise you, God. I lift you up. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you may be seated. What happens at midnight? I know dad years ago when I was living at home in Madison, Illinois, I don't think they do this anymore, but uh, at nine o'clock there used to be a night, what we call the nine o'clock whistle. And it would go off at nine o'clock and it was the nine o'clock, nine o'clock curfew. So if you were underage, you were supposed to be off the streets when that nine o'clock whistle went off. And uh, as a little kid around Levi's age, my dad told me, you be home. Uh, by 9 o'clock because that whistle blows. And when that whistle blows, the monsters come out. So you better believe when that whistle goes off and I'm a block away, you see this skinny little kid booking it all the way home. I wasn't going to be out when the monsters came. But then I heard the saying that nothing good happens after midnight. And it seemed to be true that all the crazies come out after midnight. All the crazies are out on the highway and all the crazies are doing crazy stuff after midnight. But I can tell you there's something that God has promised this church and promised to somebody individually that it's 1159 for somebody spiritually. It's 1159 for somebody's situation. It's 1159 for somebody what you're going through right now. I want you to know that the clock is just about to turn to midnight and God is going to change some things. God is going to answer some prayers and God is going to come through for somebody. But you have to hold on. It's amazing. With everyone now carrying cell phones, everyone has a cell phone by their side, and they have access to the time just like that. But as easily access to the time that they have, they are not aware of the time. I want you to know there are people that are playing a game with God. There are people that are playing a game with eternity. I want this church to know that we need to take our walk with God seriously. We need to take our prayer time seriously. We need to take our worship seriously. Now is not the time to be sleeping, and now's not the time to be playing games with God because I want you to know it doesn't take a prophet to let you know this is the end time. So if you think I got tomorrow, I got next year, or, or I got two years, I want you to know you're fooling yourself. Because time is very, very short. It's been 45 years. It's hard to believe we start talking time. It's been 45 years since my born-again experience at the Granite City Church. 45 years. And it, again, it just seems like yesterday. I can remember praying at that altar. I remember the people that surrounded me. I, can, I, I still see their faces. But in 45 years, I still haven't quite understood God's timing. And if you understand and you have a handle on God's timing, I want you to come counsel your pastor after this. I want you to come and give me a good talking to because there is one thing that I have not come to understand 
is God's timing. I know on one hand, he's a prayer answering God. And I we sing the song, he's an on time God. But I want you to know that his time and my time are not the same. And I'm sure every one of you have found that out in your walk with God. That he doesn't come through when you want him to. Because we do live in that microwave society of push the button, I want it now. But God doesn't operate on our time. He does not operate on what we want at that very moment. Because him being the good dad, he wants the best for us. And he knows when the right time to answer. He knows when the right time to act. He knows what the right time is. But we do not. All we see is the situation we're in now. And all we see is what's going on in my life now. The chaos and the hurt that's happening right now. God, I want you to get me out of this right now. But I just don't understand his timing. Through many times, he's brought me through. Times of doubt. Times of hurt. And times of just serious chaos. He's always brought me out. But I still don't understand the timing. Because there are times when he just shows up at the very right time. There are times when he shows up just in the nick of time. But my time and his time has a hard time just lining up. Can all the impatient people say amen? Amen. (laughs) You know who you are. But we do know that God does answer prayer. I want you to know he is a prayer answering God. He comes through. Brother Joe, God's coming through. I want to hear the testimony. I want to hear the testimony. This church wants to hear the testimony of what God is doing. He's already answered prayer. He's already started doing work. But there is some more that's coming your way. Because of all the events these past past few months, this past year, this past two years, I've had to learn to wait on the Lord. Is there any people that just loves waiting out there? I don't either. I have a hard time with the waiting. But I've learned to depend on him. And even though things haven't gone exactly how I thought they would in my life, and even though things didn't turn out the way that I had planned, God has been in it all the while. He has been by my side the whole time. He's never left me, even though it didn't turn out exactly how I was writing the story. But unfortunately, I'm not the one who writes that. He's the one that writes that chapter. Because I've learned to depend on him these past couple of years. I've learned to listen for his voice. And and I've learned that no matter what is happening, he's still by my side. You see, God is still faithful. You see, God is still pouring out blessings. God is still answering prayers. He's still in the delivering business. And God is still a healer. God can heal you right now, right at this very place. But God is still my provider. And when I thought my chapter was over, and when my, I thought my story had ended, God says, not yet, my son. It's not over yet. You just need to turn the page and let me start writing the new chapter. 
So coming out of all the craziness of the past couple of years, coming out of all the chaos and all of my emotional breakdowns and all, all of my walking in a fog and not knowing exactly what tomorrow is going to bring, God has been faithful. I want you to raise your hand and thank God that he is still faithful. That no matter where we are, no matter what our situation is, you may have fallen flat on your face and you may have stepped back in retreat. But I want you to know that God is still faithful. Thank you, God, for being a faithful God. Thank you, God, that even when I failed, you have been there. Because this year may not have turned out exactly how you wanted it, but I want you to know that God is still faithful throughout your storm. Because you see, I found out in my life, and my dad instilled this in me a long time ago, and I'm still walking by this. Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. You see, he told me, if you, you sign up for that baseball team, you're going to finish that season out. If you start something, I want you to finish it. I want you to know, I started on this walk 45 years ago, and no, it hasn't gone all smoothly, and no, it hasn't gone my way, but I want you to know, in 45 years, I'm still here, and I'm still walking, and I'm still going to make it to heaven. Because quitting is not in my vocabulary. I may get tired. I may get frustrated. I may get discouraged from time to time again. But he said he would never leave my side. He said he would never forsake me. So even though I might not be where I should be, I know my God is still faithful. In fact, he said he would renew my strength. I believe somebody just needs to let God touch you tonight and renew your strength. You're running on empty. You're running on fumes. God needs to recharge and refuel somebody here tonight. Huh. Isaiah stepped in. And we have stepped in to end time revival. We are in end time revival. I was reflecting at the end of the year, we always do this, what did I accomplish this year? You do that, you kind of take an inventory of what you've done this year. I looked back and I thought, okay, January 1st to December 31st, what did I accomplish in this year? And I'm not talking financially, I'm not talking about stuff, what did I get? I'm talking about what did I accomplish in myself? Did I have an effect on somebody? Did, did I have something positive to give somebody this year? Did I, did I make an impact on somebody this year? And I pray that this new year we make it a point in our lives to have that positive impact on somebody. That we have that positive impact on somebody that is hurting. That we can lead somebody to church. That we can lead somebody to the altar. Because I'm telling you church, revival is here and we got to step in. And faith and now is the time to jump into action and we need to be hungry for souls we need to be hungry and thirsty for the kingdom because the time is at hand and there are souls that will go to hell unless we intervene well, what did I do this year was I a help to my family was I a light to somebody I say this God I want to be a reflection of you And said this, I've never seen somebody love as you do. 
I'm like, well, it's not something that I do personally. I try to let God's love flow through me and out to somebody. Isn't that who we're supposed to be? A reflection of him? Isn't that who a Christian really is supposed to be? Christ-like and show grace and show mercy and show love. I just draw, I like to show love. Because I love my family. I love my church family. So excuse me if I get a little huggy from time to time. But did I show love to somebody? Did I show love to somebody that is hurting? Somebody that just needs an ear to listen to? Have I always been that? So I look over this past year and what what are the accomplishments? And somebody can say, well, there's a lot of empty chairs here, Pastor. And, and, and you know, this, the church is this way and the church is going that way. What you don't see is there are things that are happening in the spirit realm. God is intervening in, in, in circumstances and situations. And we've had families visited and have come back. And I want you to know that we need to make a point. When there's a visitor and there's a visiting family, we need to make a point to connect with them. We need to make a point and let them feel welcome and try and learn their names and welcome them back because we got to get them connected to the church. And we got to get them connected to the family. And we got to get them connected to the kingdom. Because I see the church rising up this year like never before. I see God working in people's lives. And I see God rising, raising up some spiritual warriors in truth tabernacle. I want you to know. You want to know why the devil's fighting so much? Because he knows. He knows there's an army that is rising up in this church. He knows there are spiritual warriors that are rising up that are going to defeat him and knock him down. That's why he's trying to put as much chaos in the church as possible. Because this year I see lives being turned around. I see addictions being broken. I see families being mended and coming together. And we will see God's kingdom increase right here in Pontiac, Illinois this year. But it's up to us. And I see a lot of positive things happening. I've seen a lot of growth spiritually in in this congregation. But I want you to know, as much positive as I see going on in here and all around, I also see the demonic working overtime. I see the demonic trying to distract and trying to destroy and trying to sideline what God has already started. It is his job to distract. It is his job to discourage. And it is his job to destroy what God is doing. But I want you to know I'm putting my foot down right here and right now. And if the devil thinks that he can have his way in this church and with this church family, I want you to know he's got a fight on his hands. I will go down swinging if I have to. But I know who's on my side. I know who who wins in the end and I know who already won the victory I want you to know that no matter how hard the devil fights I believe there will be a church here in Pontiac Illinois with strength to fight back because I see good men and women of God leaving the truth like never before I see good men and women of the ministry that are leaving Many ungodly things that are just being bombarded to our young people and to our kids like never being full, never before. And being pushed in the mainstream. That's now acceptable on mainstream TV. 
what's now acceptable in the movies, what's now acceptable in magazines, and what's now acceptable in our music. No, we were in shock and awe when Katy Perry sang a few years back, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Well, that's tame what's compared to what's going out on mainstream music now. That's tame what's going out on secular music. Moms, dads, grandparents, we need to be careful what our children and grandchildren are listening to. I know. 60 years ago, America threw a fit Moms and dads went crazy because the Beatles said, I want to hold your hand. Let me tell you what, I'd rather my kids sing, I want to hold your hand, than some of the filth that's going across the airwaves today. And unfortunately, churches are allowing the world's values into the church culture. They're allowing what's acceptable out there to become what is the acceptable and the norm in church. If you heard the news this past week, the Presbyterian Church, they've had over 300 churches just this past six months alone break away from their denomination. Why? Because they're allowing uh, uh, the LBGQTML, whatever all those letters are, come in the ministry and run churches. They're allowing that as saying that's acceptable in the church. But not only that, it's acceptable to be a pastor and be that way and pastor a church. But I want this church to know that sin is still sin. That God is still holy and God does not like sin. And God still loves the sinner. Thank you, Jesus. But we cannot, cannot allow worldly values come into the church and be acceptable. We cannot let the worldly views come in and say this is the way things are so supposed to be. Because I will tell you, the Bible is absolute truth. And it will continue to be preached behind this pulpit. I, will, I still believe. I want this church to know. I think everybody knows where I stand. I think everybody knows what I believe. But I want this church to know. If you do not know, you will hear me proclaim it now. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in personal holiness. I still believe in Acts 2.38 salvation. I still believe in repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. Oh, I thought there would be somebody that would believe it with me. I still believe you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I still believe that that is still true today. I believe when Jesus says you must be born again, that is still true today. But as the watchman and the shepherd of this church, I have to tell the church to be ready. Because if we get it ironed out, we get it figured out how to do this. I want you to be here Wednesday because there is a video I want to play. And we, I hope we can get it done. Because, brother, I was at uh, down south and Brother Sellers laid it out. He laid it out to the church of what the pastor is going through and what the uh, pastor is doing. And it's about the shepherd, the sheep, the goats, and the wolves. And let me tell you, you will find out who you are. When you, if we can get this video played, huh. 
But as the watchman and the under shepherd, I have to make sure of what's going on in this church. And I have to make sure that, that, that everybody is protected. Because trust me, there are wolves and there are goats that will bring chaos into a church. But I'm here to make sure that there is a church body that is ready for when Jesus comes back. I have to be on my knees in prayer and praying over saints of God because there is a devil that wants to destroy marriages. There is a devil that wants to destroy families. But I'm here to say I'm up for the fight. Because in case you haven't thought about it today, that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus could come back. That to this very moment, if that trumpet should sound, God, am I ready? That at the moment, this right now, if that trumpet should sound and the church should rise, are we ready? So as the pastor, I have to ask you, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Because God has given us this moment that if you're not ready, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. God, we need to be ready. Because the clock is about to strike midnight. God has given this time to examine ourselves. God has given us this time to examine where we are. He's given us this moment to respond time right now that we should give ourselves the worship a time to give ourselves into praise this is what we should be focusing our attentions on but we're too worried about what somebody's doing across the pew we're too worried about the distractions we're too worried about what's pastor going to do we're too worried about what's his family going to do we're too worried about what's the church down the road doing I want you to know that we need to give ourselves to prayer like never before we need to give ourselves to worship like never before we need to give of our finances like never before I'm not saying that for my benefit I just opened that $300 gas bill for the church what normally is a $60 if you haven't got your gas bill yet, you just hold on. You're going to get one too. That's why I ripped the gas, gas fireplace right out of my wall this week. <laughs> well, that and I was bored. Been, I was sick a couple days, and I was so sick of staying in the house and so sick of staying in bed, so I walked into the sitting room and pulled that fireplace insert out a little bit. And I, Just as I suspected, there's a wood-burning fireplace back there. So you know what I did? I ripped that whole thing out. <laughs> Zachary and I hauled that thing. We were huffing and puffing and sweating, just getting that big, heavy insert out from the sitting room into the street. Would you know, as much as we, we, we sweated, as much as we grunted trying to get that thing out, one guy lifted that into his, his pickup truck the next day. How's that possible? So I ripped that thing out. And you know what? I got me a wood-burning fireplace, and I'm going to have me a crackling fire this week. But we need to give ourselves more to the kingdom this year. A time to give ourselves into prayer. A time to give ourselves into the reading of the word. Because this is what God is looking for in us. But as I look out over the church this past few months, I see people that refuse to pray. I see people that refuse to pay tithes. 
I see people that just think they can come occasionally and everything's okay. I see people that will not commit. I see people that are just living willy-nilly however they want. But that's why God gave you a pastor. That's why God gave you somebody that oversees your soul. Let me tell you this. Don't you get mad at the man of God when he tries to correct you. Because I don't want to stand before the throne and God say, what did you try to do? Because there's an expectation that's in the air. There's an expectation that I have felt for several months now. And I believe God is stirring things up. And I believe God is getting things ready. And I believe God is starting to place people in certain people's lives. Because there is a real revival that we have stepped in. There is a real realm of the spirit that he's trying to give to the church. He's trying to elevate us into the next realm of the spirit. There are real devils that need to be fought and battled with. And there are real situations that need to be stomped on. But I want you to know, I will lead the way if you'll just follow me, if you'll just get behind me. I believe there are great things right around the corner. Church, it's almost midnight and we are ready. Because today could be the day. Today could be the day. In our text, we find Paul and Silas in a very uncomfortable situation. You know, it's a whole different story. If you're sitting on your living room table or your, your, your dining room table in your living room chair or in your recliner and you're singing praises to God yeah. in your own comfortable situation, in your own comfortable home. I hate to see Christmas is over. I'm starting to take down the stuff. I hate to turn, turn the lights off on the house. I, I like seeing all that. I like just sitting in my living room and staring at the blinking tree. (laughs) But it'll soon be gone. They weren't in the comforts of their own home. They were in an innermost prison, beaten and bound and bleeding. But despite not being in the most pleasant situation, but despite being in an innermost prison, that did not stop their praise. I want you to know there's no devil in hell that can stop your praise. I want you to know there's no situation that you're in that can stop your praise. You have the capability of praising in your situation, of praising in your prison. They could have just... Well, this ain't how I planned it. Silas, I'm hurting. What about you? Well, look at my back. I'll tell you how I feel. I still feel blood dripping down from those stripes that I got. Well, you know, we could just give up. You know, this isn't what we signed up for. I thought we were just going to be preaching the word, and I thought we were just going to have camp meetings till, till Jesus comes back. I didn't expect this. But they didn't give up their praise. You don't understand what happens when you don't give up your praise. You don't understand what happens when you start praising through your circumstance. You don't understand what happens when you lift up your voice despite the pain. Despite your unfavorable circumstance, despite what's going on in your family, despite what's going on all around you, I want you to know, don't give up your praise. Because scripture says that at midnight, God miraculously 
opened the prison. God miraculously just opened up the jail cell. Let me tell you this. It came because two men decided, ain't nobody or nothing going to steal my praise. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not trying to do anything. But let me tell you this. The loss of my wife did not stop my praise. The loss of a loved one shouldn't stop your praise. The loss of a job should not stop your praise. Brother Joe, the circumstance you're going through, don't let it steal your praise. You can't steal my praise. I will praise my God because despite what I'm going through, he's still deserving of praise. And when you understand that, no matter what you're going through, praise him. Because he's looking for somebody. He's looking for somebody to make a joyful noise. But he's looking for somebody in this place tonight that's going to make a decision that this year is going to be different. Instead of rolling over and giving up, I'm going to fight on. Instead of just talking negative all the time, I'm going to talk positive this year. It's almost midnight. And God wants to do the miraculous in somebody's family tonight. God's wanting to do the miraculous in a situation tonight. It's almost midnight. Somebody better get ready for some shaking in the spirit realm. Somebody ought to get ready because there's going to be some dust falling in the kingdom. Because somebody's going to get a hold of this spirit of praise. It's almost midnight. Because God's about to come through for you. And the devil's standing on the sideline and saying, yeah, I got him. This ought to do it. This ought to shut him up. This ought to keep him in their pew. But let me tell you, there's a church that says, I'm going to praise him. There's a church that says, you can't stop my praise, devil. It's 1159, church. What do you need from God? It's 1159. Are you ready to praise him? It's 1159. Are you ready to see God turn that thing around? Are you ready for God to work in your family situation? Are you ready for God to work in, work in that job situation? I want you to know it's 1159 and somebody ought to get ready to praise him because God's just about to start a shaking. God's just about to start answering some prayer and God's just about to start dropping some anointing on somebody but we gotta be ready for it uh, and we gotta open the doors and say God I will praise you hallelujah raise your hands one more time praise him God I thank you hallelujah for your presence I thank you God for liberty that I feel in this place right now Thank you, God, that you're going to come through. Thank you, God, that you're going to create a testimony of what's happening in this place tonight. I'm speaking to somebody. You're ready for your next chapter. You're ready. This past chapter has solved so much negative. This past chapter has solved so much discouragement. This past chapter has solved so much people getting knocked down. But I believe without a shadow of a doubt as God is in this place, God is saying, are you ready for a new chapter? It's 1159 and God's about to turn the page. What do you need from God tonight? What do you need from him? 
Do you need healing? Do you need direction? Do you just need strength? Stand with me, if you will. It's almost midnight. In Matthew chapter number 25, there was a parable that Jesus told. 25.1 says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They weren't ready. Verse number four, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Isn't that kind of the realm of church today. There are some that are waiting and ready, but there are some that even though they're in a church pew, a church seat, they're sound asleep. Verse number six. But at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Church. It's almost midnight. It won't be long. that is spotless and without wrinkle. So I'm asking this tonight. That if there's something that you need to get right, if there's something that you need and you need a fresh start for this new year, the opportunity is right now. God has given this altar call an opportunity for you to examine yourselves and say, God, if you should come right now, am I ready? Do I need to make it right with my brother? Do I need to make it right with my sister? Do I need to make it right with my spouse? Do I need to make it right with my family? Tonight could be the night. These altars are open. I want you to know what happens at midnight. God moves and God comes.
Let's yield ourselves to the presence of God. Lord, have your way in this place. Thank you, God. I feel a strength and anointing that is ushered into this place. on that for just a second let the peace of God rule you know there's a lot of things that are ruling a lot of hearts a lot of depression and a lot of heartaches and a lot of brokenness but he said let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also ye are called in one body everybody say one body one body and be ye thankful I want you to know I am grateful to be a part of the body of Christ. I want you to know I'm grateful that this church is part of a great, great universal church. You see, I like the diversity that I see in church. 
like the diversity that I, I see in the universal church. Different cultures and different backgrounds, different abilities and occupations. One of my finest memories of church in the past few years, and, and those of you that have been here a while will understand what I'm talking about when Brother Hezekiah and Sister Kimmy would come in in their full Nigerian outfits. And it was beautiful because they were proud of their heritage. They were proud and they would wear that. And I love the diversity that comes into the church. And I believe there should be diversity in our local church because we're not all cut from the same fabric, thank the Lord. We're not all, we don't all come from the same background. We don't all come from the same uh, uh, financial situations. We are all different in who we are in the makeup. But yet God has called us into one body. One body. And when we partake of communion tonight, we signify that union with God and his suffering and his sacrifice for my sins, for your sins. Thank the Lord that he died for my sins and yours. Because you see, there is a unity amid diversity. Yeah, we, we don't all have college degrees in this place tonight, and that's okay. We may not all have the same amount in our bank accounts, but that's okay. Because even though we have such a diverse church, the realization of it is we're one body. We're one body. And God has called us to be one body amidst the diversity. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. It says, for as, one, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members that one body, being many, are one body, so also are we in Christ. God really is a, an architect when he comes. Did I say that right? No? Okay. God is the grand designer. Of all things, architect, right? Okay, thank you. Rewind that. In that he has everything figured out in our bodies, how everything works. When you think of how the mind works and how it communicates with the whole body, and it, it's telling the heart to beat, it's telling the lungs to breathe. I don't have to command it to do it. It just does it. Saw a special, very interesting. I don't have a cat. And I don't understand cats. They're a whole creature, they're a whole breed all by themselves. I like when I call an animal, they come to me. That's the way God intended it. I didn't think about it. When you look at a cat and the whiskers that are on its face and on, on the eyebrow, I didn't even. I didn't even know this. But those whiskers 
have very sensitive nerves that are in the end of it. So when, like if they're going through a small hole, the, these whiskers are already sending senses and, and, and directions to the brain. And on the bottom of their feet are the same receptacles. So they, they, they have a very sensitive touch when they, when they, when they walk. I'm thinking of all these things that are going on in our bodies even right now. The eyes aren't complaining that they want to hear. The fingers aren't complaining that they'd rather be a toe. They all have a function and they all work in unison, in one accord. And the same for the body that is here. Not everybody's called to be the pastor. Not everybody's called to be a teacher. Not everybody's called to be a musician. But that's okay. Because that's what makes a diverse church. Sister Jessica, I can't teach a nursery class. You don't want me teaching a nursery class. Because it's not going to turn out good. And if you put me and Sister Sanchez in there, it's going to turn out even worse. Because that's not our place in the nursery. But thank the Lord for teachers, for Sister Warren, who are called and who do that. Because what it does, all of the diversity, when it comes together in unity, it gives glory to God. Paul wrote these words in Colossians 3. In verse 11, he wrote to the Colossian church, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free. But Christ is all and in all. You see, he said some very specific words in that scripture. See, neither Greek nor Jew, there's no, there's no racism in the church. We don't see white or black, yellow, brown. We're all God's kids. Circumcision, nor nor uncircumcision. You see, there, there's no tradition. There, there, there's nothing of that in the church. Barbarian, Scythian, talking about going, if you study that, it's culture. Bond or free, social background your social or economic status, it does not matter when it comes to the kingdom. Because here's where he says we are. We work together. Colossians 3, 12 through 15. It says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, You want to know why we do what we do? You want to know why we want to try and separate from the filth of the world? Because he's calling us holy, the elect of God, the church, his bride. We should have bowels of mercy, kindness, of humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave, so also do ye. 
above all things. Put on charity. Put on that love, which is the bond of perfection. You see, he's looking at us tonight. Of all of our differences, we don't always agree on everything, right? We don't agree on everything. But you know, we look past the differences. Can I be just brutally honest with you? I'm sure I can stand up here and if I open up the floor, you could probably find a million negatives in me. You can't. I'm not perfect. By any. You ask my kids. Hmm. Ange hasn't learned it yet. She thinks I'm perfect, but she's going to learn I'm not. She's going to learn real quick in a few months. I'm not perfect. But that's okay. Because we look past the imperfections. And we love one another. So in taking communion tonight, we have to understand that we are recognizing that we are the body of Christ. We have to understand that that we are becoming a part of this church. A part of his church. Brother Wilson, if you will, if you will come. As we have done in the past, we are asking those 16 and older that you should take, that you will be taking with us as we all stand. Everybody on on my left, if you want to come up first. And in the middle if you're going to partake please come you may return back to your seats First Corinthians chapter number 11, 
reading verses 26 through 30. He gives us some, some guidelines. It says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself. See, I can't tell you where you are, but you have to look at your own heart. You have to look at where you stand right now before your maker. Let him examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse number 30, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. You see, we take this in all humbleness, but this is really a time at the end of the year to reflect, where are we? Where am I with you, God? Where do we stand? But we do know that there are areas in our life that God needs to work on. Because if you're saying here tonight that I'm doing okay, nothing that I need from God, you're living foolishly. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread. same manner also he took the cup and we had supped saying this cup is a new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as you drink in it in remembrance of me let's partake hallelujah let's praise him thank you god lord that we are partakers of your body and of your blood God, that we are your church. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, God, for loving this church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you died for us. God, that you gave yourself for us, for our salvation. Lord, as an atonement for us. Because, God, we are just as filthy rags. But Lord, you poured that blood out to clean us. You poured that blood out to forgive us. Thank you, Jesus. I said thank him tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Cleanse us tonight, oh God. Oh, Jesus, touch your body here tonight, oh God. <laughs> 